Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Welcome back to Brand Story, Inc. Sometimes guests create a gulp for yours truly when the subject matter strikes a little bit of that weight. We're not doing that ourselves. But this episode with Josh Grau, Yext's chief marketing officer, did exactly that for me. And isn't that the entire point of this community? Identify some blind spots, improve our game, and get smarter about how to become better content marketers? Well, that's my goal anyway. I've known Josh Grau for 20 years, and the bonus of this podcast is his remarkable career stops as a marketing exec at YouTube and a global marketing director at Twitter, provide a perspective for content marketers that offers us some really rich perspectives, especially with social media. Josh's LinkedIn bio may be my favorite of any guest so far. Check it out. He seamlessly connects a career journey that includes stints as a volleyball coach at Northwestern with marketing jobs at places like ESPN and vice president of marketing at Wealthfront. Uh, where he drops Wall Street, the movie, references in his bio, so props for that. A little bit about Yext, Y-E-X-T. Yext helps businesses deliver official answers everywhere people search, starting within companies' websites and digital presences. They empower a Google-like experience for brands to make search a content marketing insights-driving component of brand websites and content hubs, and that's just for starters. They do a ton more. We'll get into that. Their mission? Help organizations around the world deliver official answers everywhere people search. They're also on a mission to help businesses be able to answer specific search questions with natural language search. We'll talk about that versus outdated keyword search. You ever been on a brand site, ask the question, you get that annoying list of FAQ links, which wasn't what you're looking for? Yeah, me too. It kind of sucks. Yext helps brands avoid this by brilliantly matching answers to customers' questions, which for the purposes of Brand Story Inc., led Josh and I into a deep dive on a core component of great content marketing. I hope you enjoy this episode. It created a few sparks for me, and I quite literally took notes while recording it. Always a good sign. Enjoy the episode, and as always, let me know your feedback. You can hit me up at jay at teamworksmedia.com. That's my email. Or ping me on LinkedIn and let me know that you heard me here. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you, Jay. It's great to be reunited in this context. It's awesome, man. Well, I have to say, I mean, we've done nearly 70 episodes of Brand Story, Inc., but but you, Josh Grau, and Yext went for the most time needed to research in advance of an interview. I mean, the amount of services <laughs> and the number of clients and the breadth and depth by industry are really almost impossible for me to consolidate into a sentence. So knowing that I have the chief marketing officer of Yext on the horn, uh, how do you explain Yext to people who don't know you yet? Oh gosh, pressure is on. Um, but <laughs> I guess I guess I'm gonna earn my keep here. Uh, uh, so yeah, in the simplest terms, Yext is a search company, um, and we're focused on really modernizing different kinds of business search experiences with with what we call an answers first approach. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it in very practical terms, we're we're very much in the age of AI, right? Yep. Um, we um, have seen Google on the consumer side advanced to the point where you type in a general question and, and, and often you'll get an exact answer in the form of a snippet or more specifically you're at home you mm -hmm. call out into the air a question to alexa or mm -hmm. okay google or on your phone with siri 
and this voice gives you an answer back. So it's become increasingly conversational. Um, so this notion of, you know, asking a question on a business website and all you get back, if you get results back at all, are a list of kind of random hyperlinks to sort through is just incredibly outdated. Mm -hmm. So we're really um, trying to create a movement of helping brands who have spent so much time updating and innovating and being, you know, digital best and digital first mm -hmm. across their entire, you know, online business ecosystem to really wake up to the fact that this is kind of like the holdout technology that really hasn't been updated in several decades. So we are a search company focused on uh, business search across a number of use cases, um, really trying to help modernize that side of a business's online uh, online business. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in my day job at Teamwork, so the first thing being an owner, CEO of a company, you know, I could the hair on the back of my neck is like, oh God, I hope Josh isn't going to our website because our search <laughs> function actually doesn't even exist there. And yet we're in the business of actually helping clients and content yeah. marketing. And, you know, in advance of talking to you, we have two or three clients we're in content marketing development strategy with right now and they don't have search. And it's like, oh my gosh, right. it's such like, to your point, it's such the no brainer. Like we're all trained to Google search, but then yeah. our, our front doors of our respective businesses aren't making it easy for customers. And so it's it's really interesting, you know, to that point, I mean, you described how Yext is revolutionizing search from a from a tech perspective on, on you know, business enterprise websites and, and digital presences. But help us be clear about how it helps uh, brands separate from what I'm guessing is perhaps one of the number one questions you get asked, which is how is this different from Google? Yeah, so funny enough, in 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 helping i don't know a relative or you know someone at a dinner party understand <laughs> what we do i might cheat and say well we're actually trying to put a google-like experience on every business website in the mm -hmm. world meaning the very best of google mm -hmm. when you are doing you know i don't know who's the fourth president of the united states mm -hmm. or you know looking up something that mm -hmm. maybe wikipedia has the answer to um, so, so that's really the, the magic of Google and their multiple algorithms and their ability to scan these long form documents and just pull out the snippet that you need. Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting is that Google is also a multi-billion dollar search business because they're selling ads against a number of queries, but in particular branded queries. Mm -hmm. So when you're actually trying to find information about a brand, um, you know, if I'm looking for you know, prices or product information. If you type that query into Google, it kind of ignites their ads engine. And mm -hmm. so you might see upwards of 12, maybe 15 ads above the fold before the first organic result. And the organic result might not even be the brand itself. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, trying to get information and official information from a brand, you know, fact-based. Like yep. If you're trying to find yep. like best pizza in Chicago and maybe mm -hmm. you and I can debate that, <laughs> uh, you know, Google is wonderful for that because right. it will surface reviews and opinions and blogs and things like that. But really fact-based official information from a brand should be coming from the brand itself. And it's, it's increasingly difficult to try to find that. And so, I think it's it's a double-edged sword because Google has trained us to go to them for everything. And I think that people, you know, you get one good experience on Google and you don't realize that there's some other experiences that aren't as 
as great. Mm -hmm. And then you go directly to the brands and we typically trust brands that we buy products and services from. But when you try to get information from them, you know, and, and statistically more people want to solve problems on their own. They want to get information, yeah. you know, going to a website, they want to solve a customer service problem going directly to their website. And the search technology is so behind the times across the majority of business websites that you then have to call or, you know, sort of take another path to get there. And so our basic premise is, well, Google has really helped so much of search become more conversational. You ask a question, you get an answer. Like, you know, mm -hmm. no fuss, no muss. Mm -hmm. So we want to help brands become more conversational, so to speak, on their most important and prized digital asset, which is their website. And so that's really the motivation behind it because, you know, you want to build a business around a real problem that exists. And, and we know statistically this is a huge problem and a massive TAM. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that people might not be aware that they are sitting on this outdated technology that is just crushing the customer <laughs> experience. So, you know, it's it's a fun story to tell. And and that's that's what we're you know spending a lot of our time doing is really educating the market on uh, on, on the differences. Yeah. We, we all care about search. It's such a huge part of running a business. But there are different aspects of search, and this seems to be the one that, that gets left behind. So we're really trying to put the spotlight on it. You know, you bring up such a good point. I never thought about it in that simple of kind of like a fork in the road. And it's anytime you're doing a Google search on something that involves a brand, we've become like expert, many of us, right, parsers of information. Add, scroll down. Like you, you're yeah. looking at the the meta tags and the sourcing, and you're like, nope, not yeah. credible, not credible, not credible. And you almost have to yeah. like be the sophisticated, you know, sourcer of information to even find what you're looking for. And yet, you know, yeah. to your point, like the brands themselves, the re <laughs> have a huge opportunity to kind of short circuit that with with your help. Yeah. So here's my common yeah. way that I see it. Let me say it back to you to make sure okay. um, if I if I'm getting it because. Uh, I get to ask the Tom Hanks, you know, in big question, like, I don't get it on that guy. So here's the way I see it. So you provide businesses with world-class search tools for people to find answers on their company websites. You help brands show up better in the search landscape from Google to Bing to you name it as yep. a result of that, right? Because they're it's signaling better information. You provide website tools to optimize each page and you also provide tools for reputation management. How am I doing so far? You're doing great. All right, and good. It's, it, it's, it's a lot of, of different solutions, um, you know, but it's under the banner of, of a search company. And our differentiator is the concept of direct answers. So mm -hmm. we use natural language processing, multiple algorithms. You know, we've got all of the, the advanced um, built for the age of AI tools. But the real differentiator is if you ask a question, you should get a direct answer. You shouldn't have to click a link and then scroll and mm -hmm. hunt and hope that somewhere in there is what you're looking for. So it's really trying to create a lot of customer delight. And when you, when you can, you know, remove that friction, um, you're going to move someone closer to a transaction or you're going to avoid, you know, a costly support call because they can't find what they need. And so it's all under the umbrella of search and there's a lot of different search solutions I mean, and search adjacent solutions yeah so you, you nailed it jay all Unless right that well North, we've that, that northwestern education <laughs> yeah <that> we share <laughs> well we i'll tell you what like we've all been there is there any, there are a few things more frustrating in search than when you type in that direct question and it, it triggers that like faq 
answer, oh, yeah. right? And you're yeah. just like the, yeah. the the FAQ tree, and you're like, really? No, right? No, right. it's like the it's like the digital version of the phone being stuck in phone tree hell. No, I hit two yeah. agent, yeah. agent, agent. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so- it, it's interesting. There, there is a. Um, it's it's funny. We're talking a lot about this outdated technology that powers most of the business websites and it's called keyword search and that sounds really intuitive because Mm -hmm. when we make you know post questions into search boxes we are using keywords but it's really what happens on the back end and it's sort of saying okay here are the keywords in that question and i'm just going to scan a bunch of documents and pull up links that that contain the keyword so the context is missing and that's Mm -hmm. when the power of natural language processing comes in because it's like i understand that jay is a human and this is what Jay means. And so I'm going to find him the closest answer, you know, because of this of this in- intelligent um, um, uh, search technology. And so that's what we're really trying to shed a light on uh, is, yeah, it shouldn't be frustrating. Like, first and foremost, you shouldn't get no answer available, right? Mm-hmm. There should be an answer to all of these basic questions. But even the most basic FAQs to the more complex things deserve a direct answer. And so yeah. that's really what we're advocating for. So cool. Well, you've experienced meteoric growth in the past few years I've seen, and, and I always like to ask some of the basics. How does Yex uh, make money? And then what are the top benefits the clients are reporting back to you? Yeah, so we are a subscription uh, SaaS service. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, where our revenue comes from. And yeah, I think uh, you know there's, there's lots of benefits. We've got a, a ton of different customer um, case studies that we showcase, but I think in terms of what we've been doing in the search space, so we've seen right away, um, you know, time to value has has shortened versus mm-hmm. you know those who are trying to build this themselves or kind of optimize an outdated search technology. Um, we're seeing increased time on site, lower bounce rates, and as we you know generate more customers that are that are using our uh, search products, uh, we're getting customers closer to transactions um, and we're really seeing a lot of progress and a lot more interest in the reduction of support costs so mm-hmm. you know every time you call the 800 number right or use some mode of like you know contact us there there is a tax on the business and mm-hmm. so it's amazing how many very basic questions go unanswered and people are calling up to get you know just fundamental things right that could be easily solved. And so I think what people are seeing and really responding to is that reduction in support costs by, again, letting the website do the heavy lifting, which seems like a completely intuitive proposition, but it's just it's just not happening. And so this is really something that we're seeing a lot of acceleration around. Well, I'd like to go deep on one case study. So pick a company or an example, uh, an entity, and let's go down the rabbit hole because we're going to get there in a second with how robust your actual website is and kind of practicing what you preach on yourselves. But um, pick one that comes top of mind that that's one of your favorite go-tos to kind of explain Yext coming to life for a client. Yeah, well, I think I'll share maybe one or two examples of something that was, I guess, kind of a surprise to us, and it, and it happened in the in the wake of COVID. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we were sort of looking at the landscape of what's going on in the world and like, gosh, how can we be helpful? And we realized that our our product, you know, this advanced search engine, which is which is surfacing direct answers, had never been more important. So think about 
how we couldn't go into physical spaces. So mm -hmm. we were spending more and more time online and that's become trained behavior. And I think that people are, you know, still going online first and foremost, since we're not totally out mm -hmm. of it. And so we really started to position this as a, a way to communicate directly and swiftly with customers. And then the, the brands themselves, the businesses that we are working with, have the ability to update information in real time. So mm -hmm. if you're seeing different kinds of questions come in or if the world is changing and you have to notify people of policies or hours or whatever it might be, you could do that in real time and not really skip a beat. But mm -hmm. what was so amazing is we started to forge some relationships across some different government agencies. So um, mm -hmm. the state of New Jersey, and they came to us and they said, look, there is so much you know, misinformation or um, you know, just uh, mm -hmm. over-exaggerated mm -hmm. facts or whatever it was coming from wherever it might be. And as the state of New Jersey, we have a responsibility to our residents and we want to make sure that we can help calm them and give them, you know, direct answers to their questions um, that, you know, are coming from reliable sources. And so we worked actually with the CDC to create a plug-in. Mm -hmm. And so we we powered the state of New Jersey's COVID site. We're still powering it today because clearly, you know, mm -hmm. there's we're, we're not totally done with it. Um, and so that was really a huge moment for us to sort of say, hey, wow, we can really help the public sector. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't necessarily on our radar. And so that example of really powering that COVID hub turned into an opportunity with the state of Alabama and then the State Department. So imagine all these people living abroad trying to figure out how they can get back into the country. Yep. Those were questions that they weren't necessarily prepared to answer before the pandemic. But mm -hmm. all of a sudden we could see on our back end data. Oh, my gosh, like there are huge spikes in these questions that you don't yet have an answer to. So now we're going to give you the tools to provide those direct answers and monitor the different kinds of questions, which is really just kind of a consumer insights vehicle. Like yeah. if you can start to see what a weird spike in this particular question. Odds are you need to sort of think about content to yeah. respond to that. So that was really interesting when we, you know, were looking at just these different government agencies and then uh, universities. We started to see a big opportunity with universities who, yep. you know, had to go completely online and the kinds of questions that they were getting. Again, they just didn't have the tools to answer them. And so they really understood the value and the power of search as this important, you know, customer service channel for their students. So. I think that COVID helped us from a storytelling perspective because the urgency around getting this information out and making sure that you could update it in real time was so important. And I think now, you know, there is sort of like the convenience economy. And I think search and great digital experiences are all part of the convenience economy, which are table stakes. And now I think there's going to be a focus on the trust economy and like what brands and businesses do you trust the most? And it's going to be the ones that give you the information that you need when you need it. And it's it's accurate and updated information. Right. So that Man. you're not you're not missing out on it. So there was just so much learning from this this crisis, which has really informed our storytelling. And and I think has given us a lot of excitement about just how powerful search is as a communication tool, but something that is so critical for businesses of all kinds to try to create continuity and, and also a competitive advantage. Well, like many great ideas, you hear it in businesses, you hear it and you're like, oh my God, like how did that world not exist? As a parent as of a junior, I've got three daughters, one's who's on a college search right now. I'm yeah. constantly on them. And the number one question I want to ask, they've got their, their COVID statement. And the number one thing, if they had search, it's like, 
when can we book a visit? When are you yeah. like, there's no opportunity to your point. Like, yeah. whole, and, and, and it's such a differentiation right now. I mean, I, yeah. I've, I've often said, it's like, if, if people had a way to communicate, hey, we're taking, uh, we're, we're doing campus visits again, it'd be like, you're going to win. <laughs> you're going to win yeah. just because there's such a want for, you know, I've got a junior who has not been able to see a human being on a college campus in a year. Right. It's, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but you touched on something else that I think is kind of the gold and it's that consumer insights. Right. I think yeah. up until the technology of Yext, it's like, okay, you've had you just because an FAQ was hit. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what the customer is looking for. So you could right. be completely pump faked on what people are looking for because that's the closest thing that they could get to, but it's not right. really what they were looking for. And that back end component, which could great segue into content marketing, uh, those insights to then be able to create content that addresses those questions, right, at the heart of it is, is really something pretty cool. And I, so I want to talk about your brand story, particularly your content marketing at Yext. I mean, listeners. Sure. Bookmark this in your ear, yext.com slash resources, right? It's Yext Content Hub, and it is robust. I mean, 50-plus webinars, countless blog posts, video talks, events, and what I found fascinating, 100-plus customer stories that are all hovering right around a giant search bar that reads, quote, search our content hub for the latest on what's happening in the world of search, end quote. And we're starting to get meta, which I like. So pull the curtain back on your content marketing operation. Tell, tell us about your staff and how you structure it. Yeah, so um, believe it or not, we actually have a, a fairly small content team. Um, so yeah, we are cranking out a good amount for being a lean team. Um, and and we're um, you know really working on eating our own dog food, so to mm-hmm. speak, in terms of ensuring that we're powering our content hub you know, with the best and, and most world-class search experience because there's a um, algorithm that we uh, launched recently called Extractive QA, mm-hmm. which is um, fancy for the algorithm that can uh, scan long-form documents and find that specific section of the document that you're looking for. So rather than going into a content hub that's got a lot of blogs or white papers, and you know, typing in a query and just getting like a, a link to something that matches that keyword. This is about saying, oh my gosh, I remember reading this great article from Yext and it was all about this particular thing and I'm gonna type this in and suddenly we're gonna surface you know, both the article but maybe a particular snippet of that. And that's the magic of search. It's, mm-hmm. it's really you know, kind of removing all of that friction and giving you what you need when you need it. So, you know, we're, we're still in the process of, of, of showcasing how our product works in the best light. Um, but, uh, you know, from a content perspective, we really think about, um, you know, certainly telling customer stories because the best way to talk about how your products and services work is through the lens of people who are using it. And, and just as I shared, you know, with the state of New Jersey or mm-hmm. World Health or the universities, um, you know, they all have very specific use cases. And if you read those, it's like, oh, I can see how that relates to me, whether you're in the category or not. And then, you know, our point of view is really about from a brand perspective right now is about, you know, really kind of what's next. So we've just gone through this really hard year. Technology has enabled us to have, you know, continuity in so many aspects of our life. We're, we're dying to get back in front of people and hang out and, you know, do the, the old things. But technology and our, our, I think our 
our appreciation of technology is is certainly here to stay. So, you know, we really want to get ahead of like, you know, not only what's next in terms of search and how search can sort of power communications and customer experience and all that, but also like how is technology reshaping our world? So mm -hmm. a lot of our thought leadership is centered around bringing in different voices so we can learn not just about innovations, like I said, in the search space and so much stuff going on in the consumer space with Neve and DuckDuckGo and mm -hmm. privacy and, you know, really trying to take Google on, but also, you know, other aspects of search, but then, you know, hey, what's going on in the world of local? Uh, we just launched a podcast and we've sat down with a bunch of really interesting people who are innovators and leaders, you know, so we talked about mm -hmm. the next wave of, of, of local business, which is sort of uh, our roots as a company yeah. talked about, you know, the next wave and connected fitness, which was clearly a huge, mm. um, you know, surge and, and, and brought that part of that industry forward by probably five or seven years in a single, single year. So yeah, just, just really thinking about, you know, how can we educate on what we do mm -hmm. and who is benefiting from our services, but also how we think. And, um, you know, we're really in this mode now of, uh, you know, wanting people to understand that, uh, you know, you, you live and die by the quality of the technology that powers, powers your business. And so let's, let's tell the story of us through the lens of these other, you know, innovations that are going on in the world. Well, as a guy who, of course, did my homework, uh, as you would know, um, it passed the test, right? Doing search yeah. on the business of search. And I, I got rabbit holed. I found myself, I was like, wait a minute, you have six service offerings in the healthcare space? I was like, wait a minute, where am I? How did I, you know, it was like, yeah. I, I got to my place, but it's just like, there's so much content on there. And to yeah. your point, it's like, the thing I love about it is you do a really good job of um, whatever sector someone's coming in from. You actually have, exa you, you have client stories, you have, you know, information and new like it's and it's it works it takes you right to where you yeah. want to go so it's, it was really impressive i'm curious how you measure success of your content marketing about all things search yeah it it varies depending on what we're doing you know but we're looking we're looking for you know page page views mm -hmm. video completion rates we just launched a series called yux talks where we really tried to capitalize on uh you know uh kind of uh digital seminar fatigue and like mm -hmm. all of these digital events and um we we produced sort of in the in the theme of ted talks or master class really kind of high quality um thought leadership pieces you know just trying some different media formats mm -hmm. and really being more multimedia in our approach so you know really thinking of the of the of the metrics and analytics um that align to those um different mediums but you know from a brand content perspective we're really just trying to create awareness of who we are and drive more people to discover the story of Yext on, on Yext.com. So all of those are are, are levers to pique uh, people's interest around certain topics and then lead them elegantly, if we can, down the path to discovery of who we are and why search is so mission critical. Because like I said before, that's the thing that sometimes people understand, but only when you kind of tell them or throw yeah. a little bit of that cold water in the face. And so we want to kind of create these interesting soft landings um, uh, into that discovery. Yeah, I mean, one of the key takeaways I'll have months from now when I look back at this podcast or think about Yext is those, the, that sweet spot of consumer insight by nailing yeah. the right question. And I'm curious yeah. just to flip it back to you. How, how does your company's insights and expertise on search play into your content marketing success? You know, it's interesting. So we weren't, we weren't a search company um, originally. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we were in the data uh, knowledge management space and then launched a product called Listings, which is really focused on industries that had a physical footprint. So it was a search adjacent mm -hmm. technology, but um, the, 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 the uh, segue or the, or the pivot into, you know, being a bona fide search company was really based on the discovery of, gosh, we are, we're building these robust knowledge graphs for all of these customers and we're sitting on so much important data and we can do more than just power, you know, uh, their, their, their location information. We can power all of their information mm -hmm. anywhere people are searching. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, the majority of business websites have really outdated search technology. So it was just sort of this like series of events, like, Hey, we're kind of, we're kind of doing this over here. And this seems to be a problem over there. What if we kind of brought all this together? So we really did it without the intent of we're going to be a search company from the get go. It just sort of all naturally came to place. And I think that's really allowed us to be a little bit more bold and renegade in, in some of our, our developments what we're really emphasizing is, is the next big thing in search, and we believe it's answers and direct answers. Mm -hmm. And then it opens the door for us to just be more provocative with, you know, kind of our, our, our advertising and our content to try to, you know, tell that story. So hmm. I don't want to say, because uh, I'd probably get in trouble that, you know, we're sort of accidentally a search company. Right. There was a method to the madness, yeah. but it was sort of like looking at all of the, the moves that we made and saying, hey, there, there's probably a bigger problem we can solve. And that yeah. and that that was so clear to us that the search space just needed and the, and the business and enterprise search space in particular needed this boost. And so we, hmm. we hope that we're, we're the ones that really revolutionize it, you know, for, for the long term. Very cool. I'm going to pivot here to a uh, maybe more of a business leadership right than uh, piece. Uh, one of the things I find mm. fascinating, especially in the you know, I started this podcast based right on the eve of the pandemic. And so it's pretty mm. much been Brand Story Inc. is. It could have the uh, parenthetical, right, within COVID, right? And so we've had several large company C-suiteers on this podcast, like mm -hmm. Dow, Dow Jones, Barron's folks. Uh, and I love digging into the details of the virtual boardroom, right? And so mm -hmm. during a pandemic, marketing budgets always seem to be the ones that first to get cut, right? Or in, in general, mm -hmm. they, they're first to get cut or frozen yeah. or what may be. Yeah. And yet... The CMOs are the ones who know how to effectively communicate the ROI and the in the value <laughs> prop, right, to the CFO and the CEO in that room. Um, so I'm curious how what advice you may have um, on either how you do it at Yaxt and what advice you have for fellow marketing execs who are trying to, um, you know, maintain or increase their position at that table uh, in the C-suite room. Yeah, um, it's a great question and. I think every marketing leader out there, you know, suffered some sort of, you know, blow during COVID with mm -hmm. budgets being pulled back and, you know, your big plans um, not being able to, to go forward. Um, I think my, my biggest piece of advice, especially coming out of this really hard period, is that um, investing in talented people so that you can do as much of your work in-house as possible mm -hmm. um, is such a difference maker. And I know that there are some uh, companies who you know work with big agencies and, and and really kind of farm out a lot of their work, and and that's great. And you know the work is is excellent, but if you have to cut that off and you don't have um, the right minds and the right skills internally to sort of keep you going, 
then you're really stuck. Mm -hmm. And so um, rather than thinking about all of the the, the big media campaigns you're going to run and the big, you know, the big agencies that you want to hire. I always like to start within and say, how can I build the most talented, versatile, thoughtful team so that if, if, you know, times are tough, we can still navigate this. Mm -hmm. And so we really brought all of our, uh, you know, co content development, our advertising, uh, creative, you know, from video to visual, all in-house, um, right. and it was a lot of work, um, but we were able to just keep it going and tell really great mm -hmm. stories. And so um, that, to me, was the most valuable thing, and I felt so um, so proud and so so happy that we had such a talented core that could just sort of power through without mm -hmm. the benefit of those additional helping hands that are so nice to have, right. but there is something to being able to control your own destiny. So that's probably my, my, my number one recommendation is, you know, figure out who are the right kind of Swiss army knife kind of talented yep. people that you can bring in, who can just really help think through, um, you know, tough times because hopefully we don't deal with this, at this <laughs> level again mm -hmm. in our lifetime, mm -hmm. but there will be hard times. And mm -hmm. so your ability to sort of know that, you know what, marketing always is the first haircut and yep. so that's fine but we're going to just you know really conserve our our expenditures by doing more in-house and then you know investing in media or whatever you need to to you know continue uh the storytelling and the awareness uh, that you need to get done so yeah i think that that's probably my biggest learning over the years you know i think uh i can't believe we've gotten this far into the podcast before I've name dropped your work at both YouTube as a marketing leader and then global marketing director at Twitter, right? A couple brands some people listening may or may not have heard of. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like you've had like five careers worth of work. It's it's uh it's pretty fun. And and I'm by the way, still at Teamworks, been there like <laughs> watching the Josh Grouse show. I'm like, I'm still here. Um, yeah. I'd be remiss to not ask what your personal and business view of the current social media ecosystem for content marketers as you look at it, as, especially as someone who's quite literally worked on the inside of a couple of the, of the major players in the system. Yeah, well, I'd be remiss to tell your listeners that I've known you for so long that you met me like 10 careers ago when I was a Division <laughs> One volleyball coach. So um, the, the many coats I've worn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's so funny. When I was first at YouTube and, and Twitter, which were the early days of both platforms. Mm -hmm. So I got hired at the end of 2007 at YouTube and YouTube launched in 2005, was acquired by Google in, in I think the fall of 2006. So still very mm -hmm. early days. And then I started at Twitter uh, in 2010. So it was just about three years old. So if you had asked me then what I thought the platforms would become, I never would have imagined mm -hmm. what we're dealing with today. The good, the bad, and the ugly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, it's interesting in those days, and this is so funny to think about convincing marketers and advertisers to invest in video was a novel idea. Mm -hmm. No one was doing that. Mm -hmm. So we, we pulled together, here's a brand page. You could have a page on YouTube and just <laughs> that commercial you did for TV, just put it here, you know? And now of course, uh, businesses have these robust content strategies right. that are video based and, 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 and huge YouTube strategies. Same with Twitter, you know, it sort of started with a lot of brands on the platform using it as a PR channel, but it really didn't 
turn into a marketing vehicle until, you know, 2010, 11, mm -hmm. 12, certainly mm -hmm. when we had ads products, but when mm -hmm. we had a team that could really work with CMOs and, and the like. So I think, you know, fast forward now and social is not what it was back then, which is sort of like an, an add on thing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's cute for us right. to have a social strategy. It is like you must have it, you right. know. So it's a necessary evil, so to speak, mm -hmm. in terms of, um, you know, getting getting information out there in real time um, and, um, you know, just sort of building a brand presence with younger audiences in particular, you have to kind of go where the, where the puck is yeah. going to be, you know? And I think that that is the challenge of, um, of, of if these you know, new upstarts that, you know, catch fire like TikTok, you know, and now everyone's yeah. stressing out, what's our TikTok strategy? It's like, right. well, you know, think about if you actually need one, you know, like, you know, are you trying to connect? Are you trying to connect with a, with a young demographic in your biggest your mistake companies make, right? I mean, biggest yeah, mistake, like exactly. the, I gotta be there cause it's their mentality yeah. as opposed yeah. to where's my audience and how do I get to them? Right. Yeah. It's so funny too. And, and authenticity is so critical because I think some people have uh, become uh, different versions of themselves, uh, businesses mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and human beings alike. And I remember, and I won't, I won't, uh, I won't out them, but I was <laughs> sitting with the, uh, I think, I guess the, the largest or the second largest retailer in the world mm -hmm. um, during my, my early tenure at, at, at Twitter. And they said, well, we really want to be funny on the platform. So can you make us funny? And I said, well, <laughs> it, is being funny core to who you are as a brand? Is that, yeah. is that, are yeah. those the stories you tell? And they said, well, no, not really. And I was like, well, then, then why, why? Would you want to do that? Well, we've we just seen it seems like other brands are being funny, so we should too. And I was like, <laughs> you're you're gonna fail miserably because that's not your core DNA. So yeah. you know, I think what I learned in in working with so many businesses, both at YouTube and, and Twitter, um, along the way, is just being very authentic mm -hmm. and, and really trying to understand who the audience is on the platform and what they respond to. Um, you know, at, at YouTube, we thought we to be successful, we needed to partner with the biggest, um, you know production companies and mm -hmm. celebrities and mm -hmm. TV studios in the world. And it turns out that these teenagers mm -hmm. with what we called back then webcams were mm -hmm. the ones that were crushing it. <laughs> and and that's where pe that's who people were watching. And mm -hmm. so eventually brands wanted to go that direction. So, so yeah, so I, what's working for Yex though? Like, so let's take that for you. Like from, yeah. a, how, how do you look at, um, what are yeah, the platforms so, that you're prioritizing and looking at? Sure. So, so LinkedIn is a big one for us mm -hmm. because our, our customers are there, right? Mm -hmm. we, we work with CMOs and marketing leaders with um, mm -hmm. chief customer officers, CIO, CTO. So we really try to distribute as much content information on that, yeah. on that channel. Um, you know, you know me for a while, so, you know, humor has been a go-to <laughs> for me. And I tried to figure out if there was space for us as a brand to sort of have uh, a light, uh, where it's appropriate mm -hmm. um, tone. And so we've established that and I've got an amazing social media manager and we've really found a great voice on Twitter. And so that's where we really kind of announce new customers mm -hmm. and, and sort of tell tell the story of our product in a really compelling way and do some really fun real-time marketing moments. Um, and then Instagram is, is such a great channel for businesses, you know, certainly for consumer businesses because it's such a you know, fantastic advertising platform for that. But for, for us, it's really become a, a wonderful kind of corporate storytelling platform mm. for learning about our people and sort of helping that. helping it become like a recruiting vehicle. So, you know, we I love the intentionality of that. Like that, like, it's like, I want to yeah. put that in a bottle. It's like, 
that's yeah. a great example, which I'm going to continue to use of like just an intentional, such an intentional specific use of a platform, right? It's like yeah. most people are like, oh no, I got to take the same content and slightly oh, yeah. adjust it. And you're like, no, no, no. We're going to use Instagram as part of our HR strategy, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, you know, we had a conversation and I said, you know, to my social media manager, who's uh, certainly a lot younger than I am. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, should we be on TikTok? And her response was, well, I, I don't know if we have a real purpose, you know, using that platform. I don't know if it's really mm -hmm. going to, you know, help our brand. And I said, cool, let's, let's not, let's right. not exhaust resources doing yeah. what we think we should do when in reality we understand the channels that are working for us best. So yeah, Super I think cool. you have to really view that, view them for what they are. I go back to my days at Twitter when, especially when I was traveling inter traveling internationally and trying to like help brands and agencies understand who we are. And they were like, yeah, we already have, we already have Facebook. So we don't, we don't really need you guys. So we were, we were Facebook light, which was like so yeah. soul crushing for yes. me, but yeah. you know, you really have to help people understand the difference across those platforms. Yep. And um, hopefully you have a great social person who, who understands the nuance. All right. We're going to end on a speed round here. Morning must segment where we crack open Josh Grail's email inbox and prior to your morning routine. What are the daily content must you consume to stay on top of things? Can email newsletters or even if you want to go social follows, et cetera? Yeah. So uh, Twitter is a kind of first responder, although since the inauguration, I've been uh, using Twitter much less, which mm -hmm. is actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so sort of giving my giving myself a, a <laughs> mental break. Um, I mean, I love podcasts. I sort of, you know, start my morning routine because I get up fairly early um, with uh you know, NPR's up first. Me too. Um, Ditto. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I like Pivot. We had Scott Galloway as our first mm -hmm. kind of launch guest for Yex Talk. So always like to hear what, what they have to say. Um, and then, uh, you know, I subscribe to a couple of newsletters. I really like Marketing Brew. Oh, I met, it's my um, favorite. Alex. My number yeah, one favorite email subscription I have. So good. I, I met Alex Lieberman when he was just starting and he, huh. was, he was so nice and he reached out and um, I've just really been impressed with, with watching them grow. So yeah, those are kind of, those are kind of the things that I'm doing when I'm not jumping on a zoom at, you know, seven 30 in the morning. Uh, so. <laughs> so for fun, last question, bedside book stand, what have you been reading for fun? Oh my gosh. Uh, so these days, uh, reading for me consists of getting through one page and then falling asleep and waking up with the book on my chest. So, uh, I'm moving at a snail's pace through reading, but, um, <laughs> In the last year, I've been so lucky to have some good friends who have become prolific public published authors. And mm. so my current read is um, Just Work, which is the newest book from my buddy, Kim Scott, who published um, and wrote, wrote and published um, Radical Candor, yes. which was a New York Times bestseller. So this is kind of a follow-up to that and based on some in interesting things she learned about kind of different groups of people and how radical candor maybe isn't just a one size fit all and more about, you know, making a better work environment. So I love Kim and, and I kind of hang on her every word. So yeah, I'm, I'm working through that one right now. Awesome. And Josh, Twitter handle? Share your Twitter handle. At, it's at Growface. G-R-A-U uh, face. Nice. Uh, coined, coined by a friend of mine at YouTube in the early days. Uh, it, was a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a nickname and it stuck. So yeah. Old habits that hard. Josh Grau, CMO of Yext. So thankful for your time. This was a blast. My pleasure, Jay. It's always great to catch up with you.
Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.